What's up, everybody? It's Nick. We're a little late on the podcast this week because we've all been moving around as part of the Rivals Adidas Three Stripe Camp Series. Uh, but earlier this week, Woody Womack had a chance to talk with Mike Vick. He's working in conjunction with National Playmakers Academy out of Nashville for the V7 Elite Playmaker Showcase Series. Uh, and he's talked a little bit about that, what that means uh, you know, for him getting into the recruiting game as well as some other things that are going on uh, in his life post-pro football. So without any further ado, here's Woody Womack talking to Mike Vick. All right, we welcome in a special guest to the Commitment Issues podcast, Mike Vick, former NFL quarterback, current NFL quarterback. We don't really know. Mike, how's it going, man? I know you just had surgery. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm day-to-day. Uh, getting better by the day. My ankle's getting stronger. It was something I had to do to repair my ankle uh, from uh, – Played a lot of years, you know, a lot of wear and tear, so it's time to clean it up, man, to uh, help me move forward in life. Yeah, we know you you announced you were retired, and then I think I saw on Twitter you, that that you had you maybe changed your mind. How are you feeling now? You think you, you're done for good now? Yeah, I think I, I'm done for good. Watching the Super Bowl, I, uh, you know, anytime I watch a great football game, I know what it's like to be out there. I know what it's like to be in the moment. So I was just inspired for a second, um, but. You know, having an opportunity to put these combines on, having a chance to, you know, just put on the showcases where I can still work out and stay in shape and maybe get out there and run 40 with some of the kids just to see where I'm at. You know, it's a motivation for me. So I stay in shape just, just in case I get that urge again. Yeah, so you, uh, you've teamed up with uh, the Playmakers Academy and our, our good friend uh, Buck Fitzgerald, who, who played at Tennessee. Uh, he, he's based in Nashville, also does some stuff in Houston. You guys are going to be doing several camps together, uh, different cities, Dallas, Atlanta, uh, Nashville. So tell me, how did, how, did it all get, how did you get started in wanting to do something like this and maybe you know, transition? You mentioned pivot from, from playing to, to coaching and, and working with kids. Well, I, I had a chance to coach in the True 19 game in uh, in, in January uh, back in Atlanta, um, Texas versus Georgia, even though I was coaching the Texas side. I, I looked at it as an opportunity to just um, be around the kids and, and try to understand, uh, you know, what high school was all about, um, going to the next level was all about, trying to get there, um, you know, what it took, the hard work that had to be put in. And I was able to sit, you know, kind of sit down, coach the game, you know, put my offense together, and, and you know, really some great things came out of it. I seen the kids and how how polished they were, um, how you know much advanced they were than what we were back back in in the, in the late '90s, and then felt like it was something I wanted to get involved in. And obviously, speed, um, training, um, strength takes a takes a, a big play. It has a big portion to do with uh, the kids' success, and I wanted to be a part of that. So I, I thought. He was teaming up with Buck. I to sit down with him. I made all the sense in the world to try to get involved and, and want to step into a different arena to try to help kids and help them grow as as, as young individuals and football players. Did you know the you know before you got involved with True Nineteen? Which, by the way, I'm sure a lot of people were were mad you were coaching the Texas team instead of the Georgia team. I don't know what happened there. It's like a coach for you. I did look for a coaching job. Sometimes you take what you can get just to gain some experience. So I was quite happy. Yeah, they they overmatched you in that game too. I mean, that wasn't really fair. The Georgia team was stacked. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So so anyway, did you know this world existed? This you know before you were approached for that, did you know how much 
the kids are really doing in the off season now that away from their high school teams, especially, you know, dating back to to when you were in high school, which is a lot of this stuff didn't even exist. <clears throat> well, when I was young, showcases wasn't put on. All you had was a football camp. You came to learn the basics of football and the fundamentals. And, uh, over the years, you know, I've heard about the showcases and, and then uh, a good friend of mine from, from Temple, uh, his name is EJ Barber, he's headed to Penn State. Uh, to, to aid in recruiting. We coached the camp together uh, down in Panama, Panama City over the summer, and, you know, we started talking about the showcases and what it entailed, and I was hoping I was going in and wanted to just get more insight on, on the involvement of it. And, you know, over time I just felt like this is something I want to be involved in because it's almost like a rebirth for me and almost living my dream vicariously through another kid I was able to accomplish mine, so I want to help more kids accomplish this. And it's not just about what, you know, you do on the field. It's about how you talk to them, how you urge them, you know, how you move them. Yeah, a lot of times we talk about how these kids don't remember. I mean, these kids don't remember a lot of people. You'd be cra- it's crazy to think about who they don't remember. But every every kid knows who you are. Um, is, is that something that you realized? Okay, look, I've got this stature. I'm gonna, you know, I want to influence some of these guys. Well, I understand that my game was built on uh, an elusive uh, speed. Uh, agility, all the things that, you know, it looked like a lot of guys who uh, played against me didn't have while I was a step ahead of those guys. And, you know, that came off training regimens, uh, things that people told me not to do that I still did. Um, the way I, you know, trained my lower body, the way I, um, you know, always enhanced my workouts and did things that people didn't do. I won't say it over the phone, but that's what we'll be doing at all of the camps. It's just to give them that advantage, and I feel like I had an advantage. Um, but it was partly because of my workout regimen and, and how I train, and, and that's what we're going to instill in these kids and the showcases. You mentioned uh, how much you like you know, doing the game plan and everything. Do you see yourself becoming a coach, or, or are you more concerned with this player development and stuff like that? Uh, I want to get involved in the player development early, and you know the way I look at it, you know, if I get involved now and get to know guys, the kids who are sophomores and, and juniors and seniors, um, you know, my long-term goal, hopefully one day, if, if God blesses me, to be able to, you know, coach one day on the NFL level or maybe the collegiate level. Uh, so these kids I will know as I go into those those realms of my life and when I get into the, the coaching phases and coaching paradigm, I, I'm able to, you know, relate to those kids and, and still – you know, have a relationship with them. Um, but it's not just that. It's to motivate them to get to that level because four or five years from now, I hope to be coaching on that level. And, uh, you know, it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun to just continue to just give out that knowledge and give out the motivation and that encouragement. Yeah, so there's a ton of information about that. I know you've been tweeting a lot of stuff. Uh, you got on Mike's Twitter handle, uh, NPA Recruiting, also has a ton of information. So people are looking to sign up for those camps. I'll be making it out to a couple, and, uh, and of course, uh, you'll be at every one. So we definitely have a lot of stuff a lot of stuff on Rivals about that. So, you know, you mentioned the training you did when you were younger. What what was it like? I mean, you know, Ed, Edger and James used to tell me the famous story that he never lifted a weight in his life, and he used to just uh, work down there, uh, you know, with watermelons and Immokalee, working to support his family. 
what were you doing training wise back in the day in high school to kind of get yourself ready? Well, in high school, because like I said, there were no showcases, there were no camps. Um, I used to go to the basketball court and I got my workouts in at the basketball court. Um, you know, whether I was just strap weights up to my body and run suicides, uh, everything was focused on quickness. I would play a lot of basketball, a ton of basketball just for my agility. And that's all I could do back then. You know, as I got older and I was able to get more equipment to train with, <clears throat> I just started taking that equipment and just applying it to my workouts and was able to put together some extreme workouts, uh, get the most out of my upper body and lower body, and uh, build my strength. And, and I think that was the main reason why I was faster than, than most. If you go back and look at my college and look like everybody else was moving in slow motion, and that's partly because of the way I train. I train different than everybody else, and, you know, I had that. I created that advantage for myself. And, uh, you know, I thank God for the God-given ability, but, you know, I also thank God for the motivation uh, that, that, you know, was instilled in me to be the best at a young age. So when we think about your recruitment, I mean, I did a little research on it. There was no rivals back then. I mean, there were some, you know, Tom Lemming and guys like that, but you weren't necessarily thought of as, you know, a five-star can't-miss guy. I, I read that, you know, it was down to Syracuse and, and Virginia Tech that were jockeying for you. What do you remember about that recruiting process that you went through, and, and were you always going to Virginia Tech, or was it as close as uh, some people believe between you leaving to go to Syracuse? Uh, no, I was not always going to Virginia Tech. Growing up as a kid, you watched the Notre Dames and the Florida States and the Nebraskas, and you always wanted to be a part of those schools. And, you know, when I was being recruited, I got recruited by Georgia Tech and Clemson and uh, North Carolina and Virginia Tech and Syracuse, and, and that was good enough for me. I was looking at it as, look, I'm, I'm a young black quarterback, and, you know, I don't know what schools uh, the NFL teams look at. You know, all I know is I got to go play good football. You know, I watched Donovan at Syracuse, and I watched – uh, you know, all the praise that he got. And we had the similar type of game. So that was able to – that was the reason I narrowed uh, down my my choices to Syracuse. And then Virginia Tech popped up in the picture because they was local. And Ronald Curry was going to UVA, and I looked at it as another opportunity to rival against him. And, uh, you know, when I picked Virginia Tech, it was more so because of Coach Beamer, not because of anything else. Um, I just felt comfortable with him, but I was satisfied with the schools that was recruiting me, East Carolina, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Syracuse. I thought I had enough. Huh? Yeah, you mentioned the, you know, you were a young black quarterback. At that time, it was different than it is now. I mean, a lot of the kids that, you know, they get frustrated now when schools recruit them as an athlete, when they see themselves as a quarterback. Did you have that problem with schools telling you, hey, you can come here and play wide receiver? Oh, no, no I, never, I, I never had that problem. Every school uh, looked at me as a quarterback. They felt that I can come in and change their program. Uh, they respect my abilities. I think they respected uh, the small bit of confidence that I had, you know, for a quarterback at the time and knew I had room to grow. And uh, that was great to see. Um, I never had that problem, and, and I, I don't think that problem really exists anymore. It's just that, you know, quarterbacks, are, they come in all shapes, forms, and sizes, and they can, they can be athletes, and some of them don't make it, you know, but the ones that's good enough, they will. Yeah, you know, obviously you had a lot to do with, with paving the way on, on some of that stuff. You you mentioned uh, Ronald Curry. I uh, 
I know he he was your main rival. I mean, what, what was that like back in high school? I mean, did you kind of have a target on his back? Did you know that that was the because because he was the hyped up guy. He was the you know the five star guy or whatever at that time. The, the rival with Ronald Curry was very frustrating. It was frustrating because I felt like I was one of the top you know kids in the district. Um, I felt like I was amongst the best in the country. I just didn't get that type of recognition and because I was overshadowed by him, he did such remarkable things that I started to watch his game and learn from him even in high school. So he made me the type of player that I was and just having the chance to play against him, watch him when I wasn't playing on, on Saturdays and uh, played on Friday nights and, and Hampton playing on Saturdays, we would jump in the car and go to their games just to watch him. So I was more so um, a rival and a fan at the same time. See nowadays, you guys would, would would be hanging out all the time. I mean, these kids now—it's crazy. They all know each other. They're all friends because a lot of the camps and stuff—they're hanging out and they're seeing each other a lot more than than you guys did, especially with social media too. And I think that I think that's great. It's great for them to get to know one another. I think it's good for their level of competition, and it, it keeps them on their toes as far as being the best and not being overshadowed. You know, at the end of the day, I think the friendships that they make will last a long time. I'm uh, living proof of that guys that I played in high school where I'm still today and that's you know twenty some odd years later and uh it, it's just a blessing to be able to go through life and, and be able to play such a remarkable game. I was recently listening to uh, Jay Williams, the former Duke basketball player, talking about how Ronald was his high school rival in basketball too. So, um, yeah, <laughs> he Ronald had a big target on his back. Yeah, um, he did. He did. He, he, was, he was a good player. Very good player. Now, you you mentioned your athleticism and stuff, and the offense you played in then, you were, you know, essentially a marvel at that time. But could you imagine, do you ever watch, you know, especially when Oregon had a guy like Marcus Mariota or even Texas A&M with Johnny Manziel or some of those guys who have a lot of freedom to kind of improvise and stuff like that? Could you imagine or do you look at that and see, man, if I played in 2016 or 2017 in a spread offense, I would have had even more ridiculous uh, numbers as a college player? Yeah, I think I would have had a lot, a lot. When you're bottled up in the offense and it's run oriented and you're running the speed option, you know you're going to get hit. Some of these offenses, these kids don't even get hit. They stand back there, they pass the ball, they read the option, they hand it off, then they get hit two or three times a game. Uh, back then I had to grind for every yard, and I had a great group of teammates uh, on, on on both sides of the ball that really, uh, really helped me have that eagerness to, to win, you know, week in and week out, down after down. And uh, even in practice, man, we, you got to understand that practice was very important to a week, competing and have fun doing that. So, you know, these offenses, these days are fun to watch. Um, you know, a lot of credit to the coaches as far as the innovation and, and the involvement of the game of football. And it's, it's going to go a long way to keep evolving. And I'm just excited I get a chance to sit back and watch as a fan. Yeah, I, I know you made a lot of headlines when you uh, you said that you thought Lamar Jackson was doing things that, that that you hadn't done before. Is he is he probably your favorite college player right now? Uh, yeah, Lamar's my favorite college player. I think he's dynamic. I think as far as his body type, as he continues to mature and get stronger, uh, the sky's the limit for him. You know, I, I try to stay in contact with him as much as I can to try to keep his head level. And let him know that the, the most important season is the next season. 
And I look forward to him doing some great things, man. It's not too many in college football that can move the way he can at, at the quarterback position. And uh, he, he give a lot of credit to himself. He works extremely hard and wants to be the best. And he has a good coach in Bobby Petrino um, as a play caller who can help him with success. Now, Virginia Tech, you were one of the guys who, who stayed close to home, and obviously your, your brother followed in your footsteps there. In recent years, a lot of schools are coming into that area and recruiting a lot of players, including Florida State. Seems like they're nabbing one of the top guys out of Virginia or several of the top guys every year. Have you paid attention to that, and why do you think guys are, are you know branching out more and, and leaving the area instead of maybe staying home? And, and Because there's a lot of talent in that area that if, if it stayed – at Virginia or Virginia Tech, or be, they would have uh, obviously a lot more success. Uh, I mean, it's competition everywhere, and you know you got to wind and dine these kids these days. You got to you know have the best facilities. You have got have to have a great coaching staff. Uh, the ratio of your players who make it to the NFL versus not making it has to be high uh, and in your favor. And, and that's what kids are looking for. Teams are sponsored by. Uh, you know, the best um, shoot outlets out there, Nike, um, you know, and, and, and Under Armour and, you know, what the uniforms are looking like, you know, all these brands that that pay attention to, you know, how the kids feel on the field and the swag plays a factor. So it, it, it makes it fun. It, it makes it fun for the recruiting process. It makes it fun that every kid um, that lives in the, in the state of Virginia don't always go to, uh, the University of Virginia, you know, they, some may go to Virginia Tech, but, you know, some may go to Maryland or Carolina, some, you know, places close. I would hope they would all go to Virginia Tech, but, you know, it's just about recruiting and, 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 being, and getting the best, and that's how you become the best. You mentioned you love Coach Beamer. Obviously, you know, he's, he retired, and they had a pretty good transition to Coach Fuente. Have you got a chance to get to know the staff that's there, and have they have they called you up yet to come up and, and do a little whining and dining, like you said, maybe on an official visit weekend or something like that? Yeah, I was around the staff a lot last year. You know, uh, you know always a phone call away uh, whenever the school needs me for anything. Um, you know, and I, I try to always make myself accessible, and there's a great staff. I think uh, they all know football. And, and they understand what it takes to, you know, continue with the Virginia Tech tradition as far as winning. And I think they're going to take that into consideration uh, year in and year out of recruiting, and that's what's important. So I wanted to ask you a little lighthearted questions before we wrap it up. I know you, you, you said you're on crutches. You can't move around too well. You've been binge-watching any TV shows down there in Florida? Or what, what are you doing to keep yourself busy? Oh, man, uh, every day. I try to get out in the black porch, man, and see what's going on in my life as far as um, business and things that I'm trying to get done. Uh, I have a lot that I'm working on and try to handle some business in the beginning of the day. Uh, when kids come home from school, my daughter, uh, surprisingly, uh, and I'm very proud of her, she's a, a flag football quarterback for our high school team, even though she's in the sixth grade. I mean, she's playing for a high school team, and even though she's in the sixth grade and because the high school, middle school is combined. She's the quarterback for the high school. And uh, she, they won their first game the other day. I enjoyed drawing a place for her. You know, they're very simple but effective. And, uh, you know, they're winning some games, man. And I'm, it, I'm glad to be around my kids every day, around my wife. And, um, you know, just being able to brainstorm, continue to put my life in order uh, is very important. 
Uh, yeah, and know, flag football for varsity flag football for the girls down there is a big deal, especially this time of year. I actually had a former intern who who uh, went to the state championship down there and couldn't 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 quite get over the hump. But uh, yeah, I'm sure she's 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 tearing it up down there. Um, she made a play the other day that looked just uh, it was classic. It looked it looked like what I would do. And at the end of the game, I asked her how she felt, and I said, "Great play, and you did a great job." And she said, "Daddy, I did it for you." And you know, as a father, you know, that that's all you want to hear. So proud of her. Um, you know, we know you spent a lot of time up here in Atlanta. You, they, they really, the last game of the Georgia Dome, you and Roddy came out and it was a, it was a huge deal. Uh, you coming back for the, for the opening of the, the new stadium here in a few. Absolutely. I plan on being there for the opening of the new stadium. Um, you know, Atlanta is a great place. It's a great city. And, uh, that that dome is going to be remarkable. I had a chance to, you know, walk it and go with it and, and kind of see, you know, just the outline of it and, and you know, configuration on the inside. And it's going to be a beautiful sight. I'll tell you that the, the Atlanta Falcon fans should be proud of, you know, what this place has done for them over the years and what the organization is going and where they've been. And, and you know, it's truly a testament to, to how he takes care of, uh, of the players and, and you know, his staff in general and, and wants the best for the organization. Now, I know you and I talked a little bit about restaurants uh, the other day when we, before we recorded this interview. If you had to tell somebody one restaurant in Atlanta, doesn't have to be fancy, doesn't have to be anything, what would your uh, what would your recommendation be of, of a place that someone who's coming to town has got to try? Stony River. Duck. <laughs> best steaks around. I'm beginning. Stony River. Maybe it will uh, maybe 20 to- 20 to 25 minutes outside of Atlanta off of 400, but, man, the, the steaks are by far the best. I can't recall anywhere that I've eaten, eaten. No disrespect to any restaurants that I've been to. We might have my pitch up on the wall. That's a steakhouse, but Stony River is by far the best. I'm beginning to think you're on the payroll for them. That's the second. That's the same restaurant you recommended to me the other day. But uh, <laughs> we appreciate. it. I'm gonna go up there and try it tonight. So I'll, I'm gonna give my uh, review uh, on, on next week's episode of our show. So uh, anyway, Mike, thanks a lot for joining us. We want to remind everyone you can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Vick, uh, and he, he's got a lot of information about these uh, V7 Elite Playmakers Showcase Series. I think Nashville's up first, right? That's that's the number one. Then followed by who's up first? Yeah, then Atlanta, Dallas, Virginia, Baltimore, and Houston. So uh, a lot of big-time events. I'm sure the Atlanta camp is going to be insane. I know anytime Buck does a camp in Nashville, there's a ton of talent there as well. So uh, you can find out more about that on Twitter or, uh, or uh, you know, reach out to, uh, to National Playmakers Recruiting. Yeah, they do a great job. So, Mike, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, we'll be in touch, and I'll probably see you in Nashville, and I'll definitely see you in Atlanta. We'll be we'll be hanging out. We might have to if you still have crutches. I might be willing to race you in the forty. Uh, <laughs> I st- I still think you might be able to beat me on crutches. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, I'll be for you. unfortunately for you, I'll be about eighty percent there. So, good luck. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Mike.